Well, are you ready to hear some more about not eating? <laughs> For you, I can always tell who's in a fast when I preach. Instead of groaning, they smirk. Open to Romans 8, where we left off the 10th verse. And then we'll go from there to Matthew 9. I don't think we're going to make it much further than that. In the early services, we're also, even though we're teaching on knowing his voice, the true voice of God, we're also going to connect it with extended areas of fasting, which we may not cover as thoroughly in the main service. I'm sure we won't. Nevertheless, extend your faith this way. This is most important to me. That as he's given us a key that carries power with it, by our own will to shut our flesh down. And as the Holy Spirit attempts to take that new nature and make us everything the Word said we are, and your flesh resists it, then there's something we can do. There's a key we can add just because. We want to yield ourselves over, and we want to help in our own death. Well, the moment you're born again, receive that new nature, you're, you're literally in the flesh delivered the death sentence. You know, some people live their whole life, of course, without carrying it out. But it does not mean that with that new nature, that every time we throw our lives away into something that is no avail, that he wants to bring us above all that operation and that new nature. All those areas of our life have a death, a death sentence. But when I'm so hungry for God that I want to help him in this process, and that's where fasting most most effective because... You can help release everything you are in the Spirit by checkmating or by fasting. And in fasting, then, you'll begin to execute the positional death of the flesh. That everything that you are in Christ Jesus as a new creation then can begin to come forward, especially if it's areas of the flesh that you yourself have trouble controlling. Well, we began in Matthew, the 17th chapter, with why that devil wouldn't come out. And he was very plain with them. He said, because of your unbelief. But then he wouldn't tell them unbelief without going on and telling them what to do about it. In that instance, he added prayer and fasting. He said, this kind cometh not by prayer and fasting. Well, the primary reason was unbelief. So I know what prayer has to do with my unbelief. You know, as I pray in the Holy Ghost and the revelation gift begins to unveil the mysteries of Christ, as I speak the word and release the incredible amounts of authority and power to move mountains that he's made available to us believers. You know, and as, as we fast, which executes the position that the flesh has been declared, 
But even worship is, is you ministering to God's Spirit. Uh, everything else is to you and through you. And all of it has to come to the fullness of grace that he's called you to be. All unearnable things that are attained as you do what's necessary to change and to begin to operate on that grace that's been made available to you. Well, worship is your spirit, your human spirit, literally ministering to God. All the other things, from fasting to speaking the word, it's all him to you and through you for various benefits or change. But worship is the one thing that you literally minister to your Father. For it said, He is Spirit. You have that new nature now, and He seeketh such to worship Him. Now, He said, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. You can please Him with faith, but you can minister to Him with worship. Now, it's a strange thing that he desires this from me. It's hard for me to measure my own worth as it is you. If you wanted to measure it chemically, you're only worth a few dollars. If you want to, you want to measure it eternally, there is no worth. There's no scale you can put on it. This is the kind of love he loves you with. He wouldn't create you as such a finality as you were born of his spirit the first time in Adam. He made your body out of something he created eons before, the dust of the earth. But not your spirit. He had to pause in your creation, reach inside, take something out that just couldn't die. You're born of him. Adam lost it. And then we were born of him again. So you have the same eternal attributes. There's no way to put a cost or a worth on you. This is one of the main reasons God's willing to expend as much inheritance as he can possibly pour out on a sold-out child of his for the salvation of the world. My call was other than what it was, which I can't even pause from everything, but I would so covet the helps ministry. I would so covet developing such wisdom of God in me that I could go out against the worst sharks in the world and just operate amongst them with the wisdom of God, getting them saved at the same time, taking massive fortunes into the kingdom. God, I'd love that. I'd love that. Boy, would I like to do that. And I'd be sitting right up on the front with Gary. Well, I'd be sitting right up in the third row with Gary. I'd... <laughs> I would, oh, I'd be training myself. My, my. But right now, he sends me into the Spirit to pull people's salvations and miracles and 
I pull all that out of it. And I'm only good for 40, 50 more years. You know, that's all I'm good for, Lord Terry. It's a small trade-off for what he has for me. Very small trade. Well, when I look into the Word of God and I find out these different principles, I know what prayer does enforces the grace that he's made me in the position he's gave me as a new creation, seated with him with the same rights that he has in, in his humanity, glorified humanity, and that, that new life spirit that he sits there next to the Father with. I'm seated there. I'm seated there. As he is, so are we in this world. I'm sitting right there with him, and I'm learning how to rule out of the spirit right there with him. When I find different keys like to deal with that kind of unbelief that couldn't cast that devil out and set somebody free. He said prayer and fasting. Well, we know very little about fasting. Very little. After we're done with the spiritual side when he releases me on the effect it has on you in the spirit. Then we'll go into the effect on the body. Uh, the benefits from it and, and how not to hurt yourself and why serious fasting, which is short spurts and that eating and another spurt can be as effective as any long fast. It's just you having to know that when the desired change is finished, when it's done, then go about your business. Yeah, but we've understood very little about the positional truths of fasting, which I found here in the 10th verse of Romans 8, which reads this way. If I was over there. <laughs> Look at the 10th verse. And if Christ be in you, he's in me. Is he in you? Good, you qualify for this verse. If Christ be in you, the body's dead because of sin. Positionally, your body's been declared dead. Two things happen to you when you're born again. You got a new spirit. Kept your same body. Some of you have noticed much to your agony. <laughs> and because you kept your same body, then he's given a positional of, uh, a truth for it, uh, death. Body's been declared dead. He's provided a positional truth for it to enforce so your body was declared dead, your spirit was declared righteous and seated with him. And Christ be in you, the body's dead because sin, but the spirit, little s, naughty, naughty, King James, naughty. That's a little s. But the spirit, your human spirit, is life, Zoe, Zoe, God, kind, seated with him because of right standing or righteousness. But now the body's been declared dead. I, you know, it doesn't feel like it to me. It didn't feel like it. It's feeling like it more these days. When I was first saved, it sure didn't feel like it. It wanted the same pipe that it was smoking before he died. Don't know how many pipes I threw away. <laughs> my first one was carved ivory from Japan. My 
That was in my Navy days. Nice ivory bullhead. Horns and everything. Smoke that thing. and I got born again, and my body still wanted to do that. So on the way to church, I'd have it in the car, smoking my pipe, but when I'd hear ultra-holiness and hell's fire and brimstone, I'd throw it out the window on the way home. Well, you don't think I'd give a pipe to somebody else and usher their sin. <laughs> so he provided a positional truth for our body, which is dead, and I know that my body wants to control me at times, but still, there's a place he prepared and declared it, which is dead, that can be attained to. And see, this is what fasting does. This is why it didn't do Mahatma Gandhi or Buddha, you know, Bahamalize. Bahamalize pretty much is originated in Hawaii, if I understand right. But they produced that film, A Thief in the Night, the Bahamalillians. We told a, a bookstore that he was renting it out, and they, they produced it. No, they did not. And they checked into it and found they did, took it off their shelf. Well, Bahamalai was their prophet. But all these guys fast. But there's no positional truth for them to execute. So fasting does them no good. When you fast, even two or three days, there's a position you're attaining to. There's somewhere he put your body when you were born again, and that's positionally called dead. So when you pray in tongues and, and speak his word, meditate his word, and thank God he enforces that position of seated in heavenly places next to Christ Jesus that you've been made through that new nature. But then when you fast, though, you begin executing the position that your body's been declared, which is dead. We'll understand that better. But a lot of times we thought we moved God because we fasted a certain amount of days and suddenly he did some tremendous thing for us. So we write a book, How to Move God. Well, I can tell you right now, just being born again, you need the Holy Ghost. But if we're just talking about sin, just sin, I can tell you right now, just being born again, nothing else is enough for you to execute total victory over sin. Just being born again. See, that's enough. But we have the Holy Spirit as we taught this morning. He's come as the earnest of our inheritance. He knows things beyond me, even in my spirit. My real me is a spiritual being with a new nature. I don't know anything outside of my person because my spiritual being is not a supernatural person in the sense that he's all-knowing and can tell the future and what's going to happen. My human spirit is much like I am. I only know what I know. But when you have the Holy Ghost, then you can know beyond yourself because he'll teach you. And worship and praying and all those things executes the grace I was made already. Already doesn't replace it. It enforces it. 
It causes me to understand how to operate in the freedom he's already made me. Well, fasting. Fasting executes a positional truth. The body's been declared. Now, if you want to know the truth, you don't need any more than the new nature that emanates, emanates from your new spirit. You don't need any more than that to checkmate anything your flesh wants to do and enforce its defeat, which is dead as far as its reign over your spirit's concerned. You don't need any more than the new nature. So all these things that you'd say, them things are just works. No, no, they're not works. What they're doing is assisting you in your weaknesses to come to a place that his grace says that you are. You're not going to earn anything. You never could. It's always been by grace, all of it. Some people say, praying in tongues, I got into works on it. What you really stumbled into is the purest vein of ignorance I've ever run into. (laughs) One of Ron Jones' acquaintances, he was talking about a friend that was (laughs) talking about you mean you can just pray in tongues when you're lusting after some woman? And Ron says, that's the point. I need help. You know, just hypothetically speaking, you know. And the guy says, you mean you think that's really tongues that you're praying when you're going ta-ta-ta-ta while you're lusting after somebody? He said, yes, it's tongues. That's the whole reason he bypassed the operation of my flesh is so he could help me. Fasting executes the positional truth your body's been declared. And the other, it's three-day increments or two and back into eating and then in again and eating and in again and eating and in again. Eventually, whatever was more alive than your spirit is going to face its own death. One day it'll drop below the operation of your spirit and when it does, all the things God has for you will begin to pour in and then I, here comes our mighty intellectual giants on the scene. Yes, my fasting moved God. It moved him. No, it didn't. How shall he who spared not his own son, shall he not freely, with him freely, freely, give you all things? All you did is just lined up whatever couldn't receive into a position that could receive. And then God got to be your father. He got to be your father. So those three days, you know, somebody, they're harder than a long one. No, not, not once you get used to them, trust me. They're not harder than a long one. <laughs> I think, no, trust me. <laughs> but even those short increments, my friend, are highly effective because even with a strenuous job, you can continue those one or two dares until whatever it is that ceiling is gone and you're free in the whole new operation of God, free in an area. And oh, we have some things we can talk about what little believers can attain to. And we will. We will. Here you are, flesh ceiling, and you're bouncing on it. 
Fast, 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 fast. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray, pray, meditate, pray. Speak the word. Fast, fast, fast. Speak the word. Pray about it. Fast, pray, pray. No, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And finally, your triumphant operation of your spirit comes above the ceiling of the flesh. Yay, I have won. Yay, yay. Wonderful things begin to happen. Wonderful. So when you're fasting, you're executing this positional truth that your body has been declared. Would you mind proving that to me from some other scriptures? Preferably, Brother Roberson, something Jesus said. Yes, I can. I certainly can. Go to Matthew, the ninth chapter. Is anyone besides me having the absolute time of their life? Glory be to God. I am having such a good time. And the strangest thing about it this time, that whole world is being created inside of me. Hallelujah. I just guess I'm going to have to quit talking about it. I'm trying to provoke some of you to jealousy. (laughs) Matthew, the ninth chapter, let's look at the death of this flesh and the position that's been declared just a little bit closer. The 14th verse. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast off? But I noticed it. Died disciples, they don't fast at all. Could you please answer that question? And Jesus said unto them, Look, can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom's with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then in that day shall you fast. Now, this is what Jesus was talking about, a peculiar time between the two covenants when he was preaching the principles of the kingdom of God, yet he himself, being born under the law of woman, was in the process of fulfilling the law. And, of course, that's why Luke 16, he said, the law and the prophets were till John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it, including the Pharisees he was contending with. So all these parables he taught, when he'd say the kingdom of God is ass, these parables he was teaching, kingdom of God principles, new creation, truths, but he was teaching them to spiritually dead men because there could be no one with the new life to understand what he was saying until after his resurrection. And of course, that's the candle he lit. In Luke 4, that he said, is a candle brought to be hid under a bushel or a table. But when this candle is brought and lit, he says nothing will be hid, not be made manifest, anything secret that will not come abroad. All things, all parables, all mysteries will be in the realm of your understanding just soon as your spirit receives a new nature that can understand the graciousness of God. So he said, look, 
I'm operating in the new kingdom of God, the principles. I'm a spiritually alive man. He said, I'm the bridegroom. I'm with you. He said, and why should they fast when I'm with them? Because he simply put his mantle on them. And when he sent the 70 out two by two, it was his mantle they were wearing. And it worked as good as the real one you receive, as in baptism of Holy Spirit and operating through you. Well, this one he just put on them. He dropped on, behold, I give you power over unclean and devils and sicknesses and diseases and go. So here are these totally natural men put that mantle on like a coat and went out. And boy, when they came back, were they shocked. Master, master, teacher, even devils were subject to us in thy name. <laughs> they were more amazed that the devil had to come out than the devil was himself. I mean, they were absolutely amazed with this power that operated with them. Well, he said, why should they fast when the bridegroom is with them? I'm here, and I put my mantle on them. But the day is coming when I will be taken away. And that day you will fast. Now, I heard one man learned, learned man said in his commentary in great Greek exposés of truth as he saw it. He said the day would come when they'd be taken away and they would be so grieved they would forget to eat. Oh, my God, I was so moved with compassion, I had to get down and just weep and pray for the body of Christ. It's a wonder we've did as much as we've done. All we've done is started little revivals and moves that was taken away from us in about a hundred years. Hmm. Well, in this verse, what did he say? Fifteenth verse again, Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom's with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and those days you'll fast. And then 15 and 16, they did not change the subject. Just suddenly in 16, he was giving them the reason they would fast when he was taken away. So he makes this statement, No man putteth the piece of new cloth onto an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up takes away from the old garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine in new bottles, and both are preserved. Interesting, isn't it? The only problem with all of this 
You know, most that teach on the new garment, an old garment, new wine, old wine, wine skin, is to generally lift that verse up out of context, and, and it's any man's fair game what he's talking about. You just wouldn't know. Okay, okay, you know, you can't give me the Holy Ghost till I'm born again. That's what he's talking about. Can't pour that new wine of the Holy Spirit in me until I'm born again. Oh, sounds real good. But what Jesus was doing is answering their question. Now, you know, he knew that they wouldn't understand it. He said, when he was teaching many of them, these, those that are without, he says, they're not given to understand the mysteries of God. And he would expound long on these things to the ones that was gathered around him, and they still, still couldn't understand what he was talking about until after they were born again. He told Peter, after you're converted, right now you're going to cuss me and deny me. That wicked little nature is in that heart of yours. But after you're converted, he said, you strengthened your brethren because you were with me. James, Peter, and John, you all were with me even in my temptation. Well, I could have prayed 72,000 angels to get me out of it. You were with me. You heard me expound. And then when you get your new nature, you're going to be able, when you're converted, to strengthen your brethren. Because you'll have the Holy Ghost, the teacher, and he'll bring all things to your remembrance. He'll guide us into all truth, and it holds true now as it did then. He's still my teacher. My God, he's my teacher. The more I pray in tongues, the more revelation I understand. He's my teacher. You know, well, suddenly, can't you just see the disciples of John, you know, that came to him. And disciples of John fast off. And the Pharisees, they even fast, but we notice you guys just go from place to place and banquet. So he tells them, well, they won't fast until I'm taken away. And he said, would you like to know why? That they'll fast and they're going, yeah. Isn't that the question we ask him? He says, okay, here's your answer. Don't put new patch an old garment. You don't put new wine, old bottle, breaks it. <laughs> Can't you just see them? Can't you just see the relief from understanding thoroughly this great revelation he just put out? Can't you just see them sigh? <sighs> oh, thank goodness you told us that. Now we understand everything there is to know about fasting. Thank you so much, Jesus. We can go back to the Pharisees and tell them, quit patching your garments. <laughs> quit putting new wine in old bottles. Well, they said, well, we're not doing that. Well, that's what he said, though. <laughs> Can't you just see this? 
Yet we haven't understood it. Because we, we're habitual in lifting verses out of context, because if we didn't, God forbid, who would pet my pet doctrine? <laughs> and I can tell you, when I have a pet doctrine, which I don't, if I did, boy, I'd be certainly self-exalted in it, because I'd be the leader of it. And I can tell you this much, self-exaltation is addictive as cocaine. You give me a little bit, I want more. Well, we can't stray too far out of our scripture settings because then we have to start acknowledging that some things other people say is true and you're not the great hope. <laughs> a revival or city or man's future, either one. You're not the great hope. I, God forbid, most of my agony and feeling sorry for God was when I looked over our own crowd and I thought, if this is some of the best you have, you are severely in trouble, God. You are in trouble. <laughs> Partly because I know myself. I know how he's used me, and I thought, boy, if he scraped as low as he did to use me, people are not usable. <laughs> Well, he said you don't put new wine into old bottles. You know the only reason he said you don't put a new patch, old garment, new wine, old bottle. You know the only reason he said that? The only reason is because that's what he was going about to do. The whole reason he said you don't do it is because they were going to do it. So since you don't do that and they were going to, and this is what he's talking about, what fasting serves. The question was, why didn't they fast? He said, when I'm taking away, you will. Because you don't put new patches, old garments. Well, they're about to do that. So then fasting must have something to do when you have to do something that you shouldn't have to do. God, that's deep, isn't it? But what he was talking about is this. The day's coming when the bridegroom will be taken away. He said, I'm going to be seated in the heavenly place with Christ Jesus, and you're going to be seated there with me in your spirit. As I am, so are you in this world. And he said, I'm the only begotten in first chapter of John, because nobody else was born again yet. He says, no man's seen God at any time. I thought, I thought that Abraham, Moses, and all them guys is up there. Mm-mm. Now, later he said, no man's ascended to heaven, save he that's come down from heaven. None of them have seen him. But I, no. When I, he said. But I, he said. No man has seen the Father at any time, save the only begotten of the Father, who has declared him, who is in the bosom of the Father. Bosom is the center, the most intimate place you can reside with your Father but here he's on this earth saying, I'm in the bosom of the Father. Well, he's standing on this planet. Well, as he is now seated at his right hand as a glorified man and God, I'm on this earth as he is. I've got the same spirit he had with a new nature. So I'm also enveloped in the bosom of the Father. And when I worship, 
he caves in on me. See, he said, days come and I'll be taken away. That day you'll fast. Well, his spirit was seated. My spirit was seated heavenly places with him, but unfortunately, in that position of authority that I have in my new nature, unfortunately, did you notice he left you in the old garment? If you haven't noticed, somebody get a mirror. <laughs> Thank you. God, you ought to. I wished I owned a makeup factory. Unfortunately, your spirit is seated with him, but he had to leave you in the old wine skin. And he said, you don't put new wine in old bottles nor a new patch on an old garment. But unfortunately, that's exactly what was going to happen. So this is what he was saying, that fasting will have the same effect on the old garment and on the old wineskin as if you'd have went out and got a new one because it will mortify it by executing the position that it's been declared which is dead. As far as the carnal appetites of the flesh and complacency and indifferences and throwing your life away is able to reign over the operation of your spirit. Because I tell you right now, as Isaiah 58 said, the day you decide to fast is the day you decide to quit hiding yourself from your own flesh. In other words, just because you decided to quit eating and start fasting for a period of time, you've decided whatever it is in you that just don't care you're not going to hide from it anymore. It's over. And believe me, it's over. You'll end up a blubbering, bawling baby looking at your own life. And God will say, Good, my child. Because when your old wine skin, your old garment was that weak, how could I successfully pour out an entire operation of the new wine? It would bust and pour out in front of the whole world like Jimmy Swaggart's wineskin broke. And Jimmy Baker's wineskin broke. John Wesley Fletcher's wineskin broke. I'm just speaking of ones who reached out for help. I counseled with John Wesley Fletcher for 30 hours. And he was as big as Jimmy Swaggart at one time as he was Jimmy Baker's champion for the Miracle Rallies. I watched him empty Four, chair, four wheelchairs one day. John just, he loved me, John Wesley Fletcher. I mean, he, the, the walk that I walked in, he began to really respect and look to me and begin to confide and trust for help. I've seen these guys' old wineskins burst because they didn't feed their new nature. Their spirit got so weak. Got so weak that that the new nature would appreciate you mortifying the wine skin so that the new wine, that new nature can come forward. He would appreciate it. But had we known a little bit more about how to deal with the old wine skin, maybe we'd have lost less people. Well, why do you understand the mystery of this, Brother Roberson? It wasn't because I was taught any of this by flesh and blood, I was not. 
But I was taught this by my teacher who carries the promise to guide me into all truth and continues to. And the truth I desire from him now is how to take what he's given me and finish my course. Finish my course with the fullness of the glories of heaven living here with us in our meetings. And we're getting so close. My spirit is so still, it scares me. So still. Like you've won some kind of last battle, and I am now receiving. It's tremendous. Well, fasting will mortify your old wine skin and fortify it while the new wine operates in it until such time as the trump sounds. And the same thing by grace that's happened in your spirit that brought it from death to life. Blink is the time it's going to take you to get a glorified body that will operate in harmony with your new nature. But meanwhile, we get a great reward for overcoming the flesh and dragging a few million people home with us. We get a great reward for not taking no for the miracles that are so needed, especially by children, for not settling for anything less. He said we are. And to take that new nature and find our way all the way out of it. That's a reward. 